Chapter 3, Section 3, we're talking about getting dressed in the morning, what type of clothing to wear. And here we're learning that, you, in addition to what we learned last week, not to wear clothing that is the style of the non-Jew, one should not wear expensive clothing. You also shouldn't wear truly expensive clothing, for this brings a person to feelings of haughtiness. You know, wow, I'm so cool, I have the most expensive clothing. On the flip side, it's very important, one should also not wear very inferior or dirty clothing, so that he may not be humiliated in the eyes of, in the eyes of others. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Gemara tells us, Halakha tells us, it's you, because we reflect Hashem, someone that walks around, and specifically a Torah scholar that walks around with dirty clothing, is, is making an embarrassment not only of himself, but of Hashem. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that we dress appropriately. Again, not too, not the most beautiful clothing, but respectful and nice and beautiful. Rather, you should have clean clothing of average quality. We should wear respectful, nice clothing. And here we talk about the shoes. As a rule, one should be prepared to sell even the beams of his house and use the funds thus obtained to buy shoes for his feet. Rashi tells us in the Gemara, there is nothing more degrading than walking barefoot. Mm. Uh, in public, I should say. Sorry. In other words, in your house. Or, but, it, but walk without having no shoes is really um, not a good situation. And if there's no way for you to get shoes, better you sell your house than have a house and no shoes. Mm. And that is why we say the bracha of we thank Hashem for giving me everything. Very good. And that bracha is referring is a blessing thing Hashem for our shoes. And that is why we don't say this bracha tough question on two days a year. Two days a year we don't wear leather shoes. My guess is Yom Kippur and then we don't wear leather shoes. And Tisha Two fast days. The ninth of Av and Yom Kippur we don't wear leather shoes and because of that we, we don't thank Hashem for giving me everything I have because I'm not having the appropriate shoes. Number three. Okay, good. Number four. Here we learn about the importance of the right hand, of the right side. This is really when I, when I was sharing earlier about just the way of life. Halacha now tells us the right should always come first, period. Down to when you're putting on soap on your body. You should put on soap on the right hand side first. When you put your hand in your, in your sweater, you should put your right hand in your sweater first. Yeah. And then we're going to throw a wrench in this at the end. One thing that our left comes first. Let's see this inside. Since we find <coughs> that the Torah considers the right side more significant. Where do we find the Torah considers the right side more significant? Number one. With regard to the temple service, which must be, be performed with the right hand, serving in the base Hamigdash, should be the service should be done with the right. Number two, and with regard to the applications on the thumb and big toe, in the services of the inauguration of the Mishkan. And number three, and the purification of the Mitzorah, which are applied to the right hand and right foot, when the Kohanim were being inaugurated to serve in the Mishkan, part of the inauguration was putting some special oils on their thumb and big toe, and you would do it on the right hand, and right, right foot. Similarly, with the purification of the Mitzorah, part of this process involves 
putting something on the right hand and right foot of the Mitzorah. And the fourth item is, and with regard to the mitzvah of chalitza, in which the chalitza shoe must be removed from the right foot. Are, are we some familiar with chalitza? No. Chalitza is a law that if a man passes away without a child, so the Torah says we don't want his, his life to be history. Mm. And we encourage his brother to marry his wife. Mm-hmm. So let me just make it a little more clear. If Reuven married, we'll say, if Yaakov married Rachel, and Yaakov passes away, we're going to encourage one of Yaakov's unmarried siblings to marry Rachel. Mm-hmm. Not only will we encourage it, but actually, according to the Torah, they're a little married. Mm-hmm. The moment that Yaakov passes away. Mm-hmm. They're married so much that if Yaakov, if Yaakov's brother says, I don't want to marry Rachel, he actually needs to do a semi-divorce procedure huh. called chalitza. What's the procedure? Part of the procedure involves taking off the f- shoe on the right foot of this man. The, so Rachel, the woman, takes off the right shoe of the man and actually spits inside of it. And everybody gathers, everybody gathered, says this person... Um, you know, didn't want to. F- part of the procedure is saying this person didn't want to, you know, fulfill the history of his brother, the lineage of his brother. Okay. Now, just to throw it out there, today you're not allowed to marry. Um, the fact we don't have the temple, and, and in our times we say we don't allow the brother to marry his sister-in-law. Mm. So we we always do chalitza. Um, and it's actually a, a ceremony which, um, to my understanding, is not a very sad ceremony. It's actually a very holy ceremony. Um, and I had the opportunity to be at one of them. So this, this observance of chalitza, you remove the right shoe from the man. So again, four items where we see the Torah encourages us um, about the, the uniqueness of the right side over the left. Therefore, when getting dressed and in other activities as well, one should always give precedence to the right over the left. You should put the right sleeve in first. You should wash your right-hand side first. Conversely, when taking off one's shoes and other garments, he should take off the left shoe or, side of, or the left side of the garment first. Why? Since taking it off in this order also gives respect to the right side. Right? Allowing the right side to remain on longer shows greater respect to the right side. Any questions? No? By the way, this also explains why um, I think I should maybe share this last week. It's our custom to try and put the right side of our suit over the left. But now we throw in a twist. The twist is, there's one thing which we know the left-hand side comes first. On our, we put tefillin on our left-hand side. So the tefillin goes here. So now the Torah is teaching us that when we tie, when we're tying something, the left comes first. When we get dressed and put on our clothing and everything else, the right-hand side is most important. When it comes to tying, the left-hand side comes first. And in practical application, this means, this is a fascinating insight. When you put your shoes on, which shoe should you put on first? 
I read it ahead of time, right? Your right shoe. But when you tie your shoes, you tie your left shoe. I check myself, that's what I do. There you go. And if you have snaps or something, which snap should you put on first? The right. Because the uniqueness of the left is only regarding making a tie, making a bow, making a, a knot. So snap is anything? No. Snap, we would do the right side first. Because Gevorah is for binding, yeah? In the right side. I don't know. I, that's interesting. I haven't connected those two. Men's buttons are buttons and snaps are on different sizes than women's, I think. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Men's shirts, the, right the left goes over the right. I will tell you, there are orthodox shirt companies that specifically make men's shirts with the right-hand side over the left. All right. Just uh, to throw... Yes, Micha. So, it's just... Our... Well, should we tilt our hats to the right? I like that. Or, it's, or I like that. So, if you're tilting your hat, maybe you should tilt it to the right. But we don't need to tilt it. Yeah, we don't. We don't. That's, that's, it's just, I, it was just a question. It's a good question. <laughs> Let's read that inside about tying. However... With regard to articles of clothing that require tying, the left side is considered more significant. Why? Since the tefillin are tied onto the left arm. And therefore, when donning any articles of clothing that require tying, he should tie the left side first, although the right side is put on first. For example, when tying shoes with laces, he should first put on the right shoe, but he should not tie it. He should then put on the left shoe and tie it, and afterwards tie the right shoe. And the rule of giving precedence to the left when tying applies to other articles of clothing as well. So in other words, if you have, um, maybe it's more like women's clothing, if they have two bows, one on each side, they should tie the left side of the, clo of the garment before the right side. Any questions? Now, I'll, I'll just t tell you a story. You know, we, it, we're learning this and it sounds, like, it sounds really, really... Really silly, maybe. maybe. But on, I want to share with you that there was a, a member of the Israeli army that had been in... Con he was learning, and he took upon himself that for his safety, his good deed he's going to do is put on his right shoe, then his left shoe, and tie his left shoe, and then his right shoe. Mm -hmm. And one morning, he remembered he didn't do it that way. And he was already at lineup, and he told his officer he has a bandage he needs to put on. He needs to run back to his barrack. The officer gave him permission, but the story goes that the officer decided he's going to peek into the window and see, because you don't, you don't leave lineup. He's going to check on him. Is this real? And he saw the man switching his shoes, and he put him in prison. Put him, in other words, you're, you don't play around in the army. You don't... Uh, you know, you, you're, putting on, you're playing around with your shoes. And, and the story goes that while he was in prison, his battalion unfortunately got into a... something tragic happened and his life was saved. That's a story I've heard. Mm. And I'm just sharing that story. Mm -hmm. But my, the real reason I share it is I, I don't want us to think that this is like so silly 
This is Hashem's inner will. We learn in yes, we learn in Tanya how how the Torah law is Hashem's deepest will. Hashem's deepest will is that you put on your right shoe and then your left shoe and then you tie your left shoe and then you tie your right shoe. And no matter how much you're going to love Hashem, the way we're going to connect to Him is by doing what He wants. Just a just a little tidbit. Okay, number five. We learned this again is a fascinating halacha. You should take care not to avoid putting on. You should care, take care to avoid putting on two articles of clothing at once, because this has a negative effect of causing forgetfulness. So, for example, <coughs> sometimes people may take off their undershirt and shirt together, and then they're going to put on their undershirt and shirt at the same time. Here we're learning you should not do that. Um, the one exception to the rule that people quote to this rule is putting on two pairs of shoes at the same time. You know, you stick in both, both feet at the same time. Um, the Arach HaShulchan tells us it's not a problem. In terms of forgetfulness. In terms of forgetfulness. Putting the right on first. No, here we're talking about forgetfulness. To yes, put yes, on... But, so we just mentioned that to put on shoes, one should put one's right foot, right, right shoe on first, and then one's left. Yes? Correct. And I guess if you're doing both at the same time... It w- what, you know what, I, I hear the question, ideally pre- pre- maybe you should try and put on the right first. Mm-hmm. I think what we're learning is if you're going to put on both at the same time, that's one thing. If you're putting on one at a time, the right goes first. Yeah. But if you're doing both at the same time, is that a worry of forgetfulness? Um, no. Yes. Oh, one other item before I take Micha's question. Another halacha not mentioned in Shulchan Aruch is that you want to make sure that the... <coughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're wearing your clothing um, with the outside projecting outside. So, for example, the stitches should not be seen. Um, and one of the questions that's asked is, are you allowed to wear double-sided clothing? Are you familiar with uh, shirts? And, and they have it more allowed with kids' clothing, mm-hmm. coats, yarmulkes, you know, switching it inside out. Um, but what I want to share about that is that is not considered, um, you know, sharing one side more than the other. Um, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a problem in that scenario because that's the normal wear of it. Okay, so, yes. So... Our heart is even a bit to the left, but why... Say it again, your heart is to your left, okay? Yeah, the heart is even a bit to the left. Yes. And just why is that? Why is that? I like that question. Could you, could you tell me, I want, I think I understand the question, but I want you to try and tell me a little deeper. What's the question? Why should it, why should it not be on the left? What's the problem? What don't you like about the left-hand side? It's just... Since the right hand oh. side is kindness, yeah. why, why is the heart oh. on the left? Oh. 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 There you go. I, I like it. Well, well said. Well said. And do you know I don't know the answer? It's a good question. Very good question. You've stumped the rabbi. The right, the right side is goodness? 
person. Say it again. It's at the right of the other person. It's at the right of the other person. The person looks at you. Mm, very important. Is that is that something that's written? I think it might be in That it's that someone else should see your that the, your heart should be to someone else's right. It's something like that. You know. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Micha. You 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 heard Mendel's point. Very well. Good so question you, and good answer. When you, when you look at somebody's heart, the heart is to the right. To your right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Oh, I see. But it's really on your left. Other person's left. But, but, but it's still actually to the left, but it looks like it's to the right. Right. Yes. Another insight maybe is uh, along these lines is that our uh, animal soul lives in the um, the left um, ventricles. Ventricles, thank you. <laughs> well, personally, heart to heart. Well, our godly soul lives in the right. Yeah. So, Micha, on, on your point, uh, our animal soul lives in our left ventricle, the left ch- one of the left chambers of our heart, uh, where our godly soul lives in the right ventricle. Uh, we should look uh, at home in one of your books to see um, how that works out. Yeah, and uh, I I recognize that there's a, there's a wall. Oh, there's kind of like a wall in the middle of the heart, and uh, there's a valve that that opens and closes, mm-hmm. so so that the blood with oxygen can get to that side mm-hmm. with the no oxygen blood. Very good. Very well good. said. We could talk more about that in Tanya. Well, well said. Now we're going to learn about wearing a yamulka. The custom, where does the custom come to wear a kippah? Or, or I shouldn't, I, I'm going to go away from a kippah, wearing a head covering. It is forbidden to walk four amis, approximately six feet, or to even be in one place without moving and re- at, recite words of holiness with an uncovered head. One should also accustom children to cover their heads so that they should have the fear of heaven upon them. So even a young child should have a kippah. It's our custom from the age of three. Why? Because this causes, it brings humility and fear of heaven as we find related in the Gemara about Reb Nachman bar Yitzchak. When Reb Nachman bar Yitzchak was young, his mother was told by astrologers, Your son will be a thief. And from that time on, she never allowed him to uncover his head. She told him, cover your head so that the fear of heaven should be upon you. If I remember the story correctly, she never allowed him to uncover his head. And one time, mistakenly, his yamulka fell off. And when that happened, he climbed a tree and took an apple and ate it. Hmm. You know. Mandel, did I say correctly? Yeah, yeah. So, wearing a yarmulke, two things. Initially, there was a time where yarmulke was more of a custom. But over the last few hundred years, it's become a halacha um, that we wear a yarmulke. And that has to do, number one is to bring humility. And number two is that we should have fear of heaven. And that's one of, the, one of the reasons why in some places they encourage you not to wear a yarmulke is for that reason. 
is to remove that humility. But any questions about Yamaka? Just to be honest, just to be clear, if there's questions, if someone has a practical question in their workspace, they could talk to a, a rabbi about it. Um, but as a whole, we should always cover our heads. Any questions? No. Seven. Now we're going to talk about how a, a yid should walk. Even the posture of a yid. Even the posture of a yid. How do we walk? It's forbidden to walk with an erect posture. Erect posture, right? Oh, let, let's finish. Or an outstretched neck. Holding one's neck, holding one's head high. As the verse states with regards to the haughty matter of the girls who lived in Zion, and they walked with outstretched necks. So, let me, let me just share my understanding of it. You know, to walk like this, in other words, with your very... We're not talking about walking. We're talking about walking uh, with perhaps your back a little tilted and your head up high. Um, like this. Right. Or, or, right, right, right. Right. Even if even if your back is if your back is straight, but uh, walking with uh, too too proud. <laughs> right. Just like that. Let me see, Micha. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, however, Halacha again is going to say a yid should not be walking around. If I could use strong words like a shlamazel or like an embarrassment. Nevertheless, one should not bow his head excessively while walking. Rather, his head should be positioned at an average incline, enough that he could see a person coming towards him, but also that he could see his steps. This is unbelievable. Halacha literally is directing how we should walk. And now, look, we're, we're, we're talking about someone with average eyesight. But what it means is, you should be able to see your, your shoes and in front of you. So, you could, you could figure that out by walking. But, correct, looking down is not what we're discussing here. And looking up is not what we're discussing. We should walk. See out and your shoes. Right. Okay. From the way a person walks, it can be discerned if he is wise and intelligent or a mindless fool. You know the story they say? I forget, I forget exactly how it goes, but there's a shlamazel, a shlamil, and a nudnik, I, I forget. But basically, one of the people pours the soup. No, wait, they, oh, sorry, I'm getting confused. That's a separate joke. But, but they say about different people, one person, you tell he's a fool by the way he eats. The other person, he eats like such a mensch, but when he leaves, he slams the door shut. He ruined the whole thing for him. You know, he ate in your house and he slammed the door. From the way a person walks, you could tell. King Shlomo and his wisdom expressed it thus. Even on the road, as a fool walks, he lacks sense and proclaims to all that he is a fool. In other words, by the nature of his walk, he informs everyone about himself that he is a fool. Let's conclude number eight. Number eight. Number eight tells us that there are certain people we should not be walking through or certain animals. It is proper to take care 
that a man not walk between two women. One must also take care not to walk between two dogs or two chazerim or two swines. Likewise, on the flip side, two men should not allow a woman to walk between them, nor should they allow a dog or chazerim to walk between them. So, a, 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 a swine is a pig. Um, yeah. So, let's, I'll give a little insight into this. The Gemara shares that, first of all, walking between two women could, un- could unfortunately cause someone to forget his learning. And one of the commentators there explains that that has to do with, it's a distraction for a person. Um, what about the dogs or the chazerim? Or the Gemara in Pesachim says that it causes an ara that is unhealthy for you. So just, for, just to be honest with you, I don't really understand the reasoning behind it, but I understand what it says. Um, so let, let's review what we have learned. Let's review what we have learned here. And then I'll share with you some interesting insights about the Yamulka. Number one is we start off learning that we should wear nice clothing, beautiful clothing, but not very fancy. You know sometimes people wear something and from a mile away you're like, wow, that's the most expensive thing. And it's not, it's not appropriate. It causes haughtiness. At the same time, we need to wear beautiful clothing that people should respect us and honor us. The right-hand side, the Torah shows us in four instances, is, is greater than the left. And therefore, we should put on our clothing first with our right and use our right pri- first in, in other scenarios like rinsing, brushing our teeth, or brush the right side of our teeth and then our left. But there's one exception, Micha, which is what? What's the exception where the left comes first? Tying a knot. Tying a knot. Tying your shoe. Very well. We should be careful not to put on two garments at once. We discussed wearing a yarmulke wherever we go to cause to bring humility and fear of Hashem. The way we walk, we should be able to see our shoes and what's in front of us with not uh, walking too haughty. And finally, we should try not to walk between two women. And two women should try not to walk between a man, nor between two anim- two dogs or chazerim or swine. On that last point, um, you know, very common kind of occurrence where, where two women could be standing uh, at some distance and, uh, and it's just the, the way through is to pass between them, right? Um, it, are there guidelines regarding at what distance it's, it becomes no longer like passing between two women? Um, L- let me understand the question. Are they not parallel one to the other? Well, um, no, they would be, right? So one, one could take the extreme case and say if there's a woman, uh, you know, a mile to your left and a woman a mile yes, to your yes, right, yes. then certainly walking forward isn't, isn't passing between two women in that case, right? Yes. Uh, but certainly it is if, they're, if, you, you know, if they're just uh, a centimeter from your left and a centimeter yes. from your right. So at what distance is there a guideline that, uh, for at what distance is it no longer passing between two women? 
And, and also, if, if the only way through to where you're going, or not maybe the only way, but if the, if the convenient way through is to, is to pass through to women, to what degree should someone take uh, an uh, inefficient route to get forward? Yes. Um, I'll tell you my understanding of this. My understanding, number one, is that if you're holding something in your hand, it creates a separation. So, for example, if you have a laptop case or a briefcase, it would remove part of the issue. Hmm. Because sometimes it's not really, you're right, sometimes it's going to not be possible. Um, so, number one is holding something in your hand is a good, distra- is, is a good separate, separation. Second of all, this is what I've learned. I don't remember if, if it's sourced, but I've learned if you need to, you have no other choice, hold your tzitzis. In other words, your tzitzis is a reminder of all the 613 mitzvahs. Hold your tzitzis. This is what I've, I've learned in that scenario. However, we should try. Um, I know if I'm in this scenario, I'll try and ask them, do you mind you know, allowing me to pass through um, in a respectful way? Um, now, this does go, to be honest, this goes against a lot of norms of today's society. Um, and the Torah is telling us, though, that if you follow the Torah's ways, a lot of the issues that today's society deals with, we won't have. Hmm. You know, a lot of the uh, lewdness and challenges won't exist if we're able to create our boundaries. So it's a challenge, especially for someone in the, in the workforce. Um, and I think when we're learning today, it's at least an awareness. Hmm. Yeah. I want to talk... Does that help answer the questions? It does. Uh, the distance question. So, I, I, I was hoping you'd forget about that. No, no. I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Um, what I think to that answer is, generally we say a person's area is four feet. Six, okay. is, sorry, four arm is six feet. Okay. So, just off the top of my head, again, without being sourced, I would say if they're within your distance of that three on each side, um, perhaps you would want to walk around them. If... They're con- if they're, I was going to say if they're conversing one to the other. I- I'm unfamiliar, the truth is. I-, I don't know. Okay. It's a good question. Yeah, it's one um, that I, I had thought that the, that the halacha was that one's not supposed to sit between two women, but I, I hadn't heard passing between two women. But <coughs> it is something that I'm cognizant of, as you mentioned, you know, in the workforce, or even on Shabbos. Uh, right. You know, when there's right. everybody's milling about. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to talk about a yarmulke, just two interesting thoughts. Number one is, what happens if someone feels they can't wear a c- head covering? So they come up with a brainstorm, they're going to wear a wig. They get here exactly like they're here. Does a wig do the trick? Um, but what if they're wearing a wig? Then you could get the same one and then... It's exactly like that. Exactly. If it's a wig that's exactly like you're here and you can't even tell the person who's wearing a kippah. So the buyer hatev tells us that for the, down, for the reasons we mentioned of knowing Hashem's on top of you and humility, a wig would do the trick. However, if, uh, if you could wear a hat, it's better because you want people to also know you're wearing a kippah. Uh, but I did think that was a fascinating insight. And then a second insight is what happens if you wear a hat that has a lot of holes? You know, they have these uh, fancy hats made out of um, maybe hay. Yeah. What is it, hay? Or, sure. And there's like a lot of holes in them. 
Um, anyways, but we learned that itself would also be considered a yamal, because that would work. Um, okay, any questions? Okay, thank you very much for, for joining. Thank you.